Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek, Trent, and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. So grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. everybody, welcome back to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I am your host, Derek Hoskins, and tonight we are reviewing Marvel's The Eternals. This is going to be a full spoiler review. We will do a quick non-spoiler thought, a little bit of a breakdown, and then we will get into full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, we'll give you a clear break of when that's going to happen, and you can duck out, go see the movie, and play this again when, uh, when you have seen it. But thankfully for all of you, you will not just be listening to my soothing dulcet tones because we have a panel of experts to discuss the newest mcu movie starting with of course my good friend and yours mr ian torrance ian you ready to talk eternals i'm so excited tonight to talk about eternals i like that and that the deep timber of that voice was returning guest mr ian wells ian how you doing buddy Great, Derek. I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity. Uh, right. Put him in the waiting room. Oh, Put him in the waiting room. Get him out of here. I'm and sorry, Randy, I'm not proud of myself. That's all right, buddy. That was good. I liked it. Dad jokes coming in hot. <laughs> He's not rounding dad, out our but... panel of experts. <laughs> back with us again. We've missed him the last couple of episodes. Mr. Trent Persinger is back. Everyone, give a round of applause. Trent's back. Yay! I am honored to be on this esteemed panel, Derek. Although it's funny you call us experts because I personally knew nothing about the Eternals <laughs> prior to any of this. So, well, I, I would say we're did, MCU did you know experts. Were I didn't even know. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we're going to talk Eternals. We'll do uh, some quick non-spoiler stuff to start off, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the the deep dive review. Before we get into the actual film itself, some numbers really quick. Um, Right now, we're recording this on Saturday night. So Eternals is sitting at a domestic box office total just from Friday at $30.7 million. Um, They're estimating that it's going to come in around upper 60s, low 70, you know, million dollars. So probably going to fall a little bit short of, um, of what they originally projected, which was closer to 90 million for the opening weekend. And I'm curious, I want to get your all's opinion here. Do you think that has to do with the critic scores going into this? Because there was a lot of talk about how people weren't sure about this movie. Because right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it is sitting at a 48% on the critic rating, which um, is not great. And for anybody, once again, for anybody that doesn't know how Rotten Tomatoes works, that doesn't mean that everyone hates it. That means that out of 100 critics... 48 of them liked it 52 didn't so that doesn't mean every critic hates it i've been hearing that a lot oh the critics hate it the critics hate it about half of them liked it so chill out well it's also fair to point out that even the rotten reviews and not even just with this movie but any movie they aren't always super negative either like if you read some of the rotten reviews like you kind of come away thinking like why was this considered rotten you know yeah yeah there's a couple of eternals ones that like they were commending the movie in a lot of ways but it still was considered rotten because it wasn't like you know whatever but yeah, well, Trent, since you uh, popped in with that little bit of, of uh, explanation, why don't you take it from here? Do you think that the negative buzz surrounding this with that lower 
critic score is hurting the box office of this. Yes, without question. I agree. Oh, I said it. I said I wasn't going to say I agree anymore, and I started <laughs> well, out I mean, right you, at the, you think about right it, right at the this beginning. Isn't, this isn't, you know, Spider-Man. This isn't Captain America, someone that people knows pretty well at this point that they're going to go see it regardless. This is a new property that no one knows anything about, and it's kind of like if it would have come in with a good Rotten Tomato score, then I feel like it would have helped it. But since it's not, people are probably being like, oh, I'll just stay away from this one. You know, I don't know anything about it. It's not getting good reviews. I might skip this one. So, yeah, I think without a doubt. Yeah, Ian uh, Ian Wells, what about you? You think that uh, you think Trent's right that Rotten Tomatoes score might have hurt a little bit. And by the way, a 70 million dollar opening weekend, there are film film franchises that would kill for a 70 million dollar opening weekend. We're just looking at this in the scope of the MCU because it's a little bit lower than what they were expecting. So Ian Wells, what about you? You think that the critic score may have hurt the box office potential? Yeah, I definitely do and like Trent said too, the fact that these aren't like mainstream characters with most people so a lot of people might go to the reviews on on this one before they go to the theater and then i don't know i guess it's been kind of split right now how people are feeling on it so it might be something people might want to wait to come to disney plus a lot of people will yeah yeah ian uh, ian torrance you want to round out this little bit of the debate of uh what do you think if the because uh, let me phrase it this way so we have a little bit of diversity on the on the answers do you think that critic scores overall have the effect on box office that they may have used to you know when when there were not as many movies coming out and people listened to critics a little more so you can answer both of those questions you know do you think say, do you think I the box office prepared to answer the first question i already had an answer queued up which I think I think my answer is going to answer both those. So let me start with uh, your original question that you asked the other two, which was, did it do did I the think, box office get a, was it negatively affected by the critics rating? No, you don't think so. I don't. You want to elaborate? Would you like to know why? <laughs> I request um, elaboration. So the reason I don't think so is because, um, I, I think everybody's touched on this. So. You three, we, we, we all, I think, admitted that we didn't really know jack shit about the Eternals, right? Mm-hmm. Until they announced the movie. We're all in agreement on that, all three of us? Yes. Well, all three of you, all four of us. All right, so here's the problem. I know a lot of the characters from Marvel, and I know a lot of like history and i don't know nearly as much like backstory on some of it as you guys do because i'm more more dc i love marvel obviously but uh some of the characters you guys are more fluent with and if if we as a collective group didn't know which i consider at least you three to be pretty freaking diehard our fans like i mean again as as i am but if none of us have really heard much about it do you think other diehard fans have and to, to elaborate more on why I don't think so, Venom, both Venom movies, both did not do good critically. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes was a big part of that. And people still went and watched those movies. I don't think it necessarily helped the issue, but I don't think that it hurt as much as we are thinking it could have. And, you know, I respect your guys' opinions, but I just, I just, I don't think that, I think that could have got a, a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it would have done the same. I don't think people would have ran out to watch it regardless. 
Um, I think, like Ian said, I think uh, I think people were just going to wait till it came to Disney Plus so they didn't have to spend money on it because even if it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, people are going to be like, I have no idea what this is. I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, but at the same time, you asked another question, uh, the, the follow-up question. Um, I, I see the other side of it being Shang-Chi. That's what I was about to bring up. I was pulling yep. up the numbers for, for that on the box office. So Shang-Chi didn't really do a lot of like, I mean, there's a lot of advertising, but a lot of people didn't know a lot about Shang-Chi except for again, like the you guys and the dire fans and whatnot. And that made a lot of money. And I, I, I don't know if it's because a, it was, um, it was, it was heavily reviewed and, 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 and did really great on Rotten Tomatoes and everything, or the fact that like the trailer just looks so good and they didn't really show much about the Eternals. And I just thought the Shang-Chi trailer versus the Eternals trailer, it was like night and day for me personally. I thought one movie looked overwhelmingly great and the other looked, nah, I wouldn't mind checking that out. So I, you understand what I'm saying? I think it could go yeah. either way. There's no scientific proof on either one. Yeah, like and it, it could go either way. To touch on Shang Chi, I think that um, the reason why I say that the critic rating may have hurt the film's potential at the box office is because when, not just because of Rotten Tomatoes, I'm talking critics overall. After the premiere of Shang Chi, 99% of the critics that I saw that I follow were overwhelmingly positive on the film like overwhelmingly the, from the first social media reactions they were allowed to put out whereas in eternals they were split right down the middle where they're you know you'll have people that they got to go see the uh the premiere that are in groups so like there's a, a channel on youtube that i watched the real rejects and it was a couple of you know two guys there that got to go see it one really liked it one said you know it was okay and so I'm wondering if not necessarily just the Rotten Tomatoes, but I think that the word of mouth of how many people right out of the gate just love Shang-Chi may have um, may have colored it. But I do see what you're saying, because I don't think that the critic score has changed what people have thought about the movie. Just, you know, your average moviegoer, because like we were saying with Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 48 percent with the critics. It's 84 percent right now with the audience score and also cinema score. Um, which they they talk to people right as they're coming out of the theater. It has a B right now. So, you know, audiences are liking it at least. But um, I think that we all, all agree that none of us knew anything about this property going in. It was sad to the point where I knew more about um, Kit Harrington's character than I did about any of the Eternals at all. Yeah. Like from the comics. So... Let's go ahead and actually get into the the movie itself. Um, this, our, our quick thoughts, non-spoiler, out the gate. I'll get us started and say that I, the more time that I've sat with this, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, when I first watched it, it was, it was kind of late at night. And it was a lot to process. And I enjoyed it straight out of the theater, but the more that I've sat with it over the last couple of days, the more I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait to go back and see it again. Um, do I think that it was a little bit too long? Yeah, I think they probably could have trimmed about 15 minutes out of the movie, give or take, somewhere through there. 
And I think that would have helped the pacing. But I think this was a great example of an ensemble movie where everybody got something to do. Everybody was interesting. I thought that it, it dealt with a lot of moral questions um, and theological questions and a lot of a lot of things that MCU movies don't usually get to do. Um, I think that it's probably the most beautiful MCU movie. The uh, it, It's basically an art house film. Like every shot is sunset. And um, overall, I really enjoyed it. It's probably a middle of the pack movie for me in, in the MCU, but uh, but I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to to talking about it with you, fellers. So, uh, Ian Wells, why don't you give us your quick uh, non spoiler thoughts on Eternals? Uh, I think I'm pretty much right there with you. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. Like you said, maybe it might have been a little too long. But other than that, I didn't have any complaints about it. Um, I enjoyed the fact that I didn't know a lot about the Eternals going into it. I purposely avoided, like, any videos or anything, like, explaining who they were. Because I went into Shang-Chi the same way, and I, as a big Marvel fan, like, you don't get to do that a lot, to go into these movies and just be completely learning about these characters for the first time. So that was enjoyable, and the fact that it was such a big team was something... That's pretty cool. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie and definitely looking forward to see what the future holds for the Eternals and the MCU. Ian Torrance, what are your uh, non spoiler thoughts? I liked it. <laughs> hey, sorry, you <laughs> Well, you let um, us down. You didn't give it to us. So somebody, yeah, had, man, to. Some, somebody, had, somebody had to get the people what they wanted. Derek I really and enjoyed I... the Eternals. I can't just give it. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek and I watched this movie together and afterwards, um, well, luckily we, we were both in, in an auditorium that had no people in it because we have aged terribly. So we both had to stand up and stretch constantly. <laughs> so uh, I think so I spent I, more time on my feet than I did in my seat during that. Right. During right. <laughs> and um, I guess what it boils down to is uh, it, it was too long. There was some stuff that we we agreed um, after we watched it that could have been cut out and trimmed down. He really liked them going back and forth and uh, talking about what happened in like Babylon and 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 some of those other um, time time frames and periods and what was happening. I personally thought those could have been trimmed down a little bit, or maybe instead of jumping back and forth, they just showed like all of it at once and then went into present day. But, like a linear progression up to the point yeah like, like that but at the then. same time still trimmed down you know what i mean like we didn't need so much backstory and and it just it it took a while for them to kind of like hunt each other down and find each other and all that so that was one of my big complaints about it other than that man i didn't think it was that bad of a movie like uh critics are saying i i don't understand like i i, I can respect somebody not liking the movie and thinking that it was too long like i said but giving it just a terrible review i don't get that part of it i i thought there were uh there were definitely some good parts and then there was some some bad parts but uh i thought the good outweighed the bad personally and i'll i'll get into why here in just a minute after we get the uh, trent's take on everything and with that Aww. trent finish us off on our uh, non-spoiler thoughts here <laughs> ian perked up there <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'll I'll start by saying that I I don't consider I've never disliked any Marvel movie. I don't consider any of them bad. 
I know that some have worse ratings than others. If we want to talk Rotten Tomatoes, we've talked about that a lot lately. Um, none of them are bad, in my opinion. They're all good movies. And but I was worried when this came out with the very first Rotten Tomatoes or Rotten score, which that doesn't bother me so much because it was inevitable. It was going to happen eventually. I mean, we're on our, what, 26th, 7th movie 26th, now? 26th, I believe, yeah. And so it's the first one out of 26 movies and, and 13 years. So anyway, that doesn't bother me so much. Uh, but it worried me, I'm not going to lie, because of all the movies that were coming out MCU this year, this was the one I was probably least excited about, again, because we talked about it. I didn't know much about it. And so I just kind of was like, I don't know. You know, you know I'm going to watch it. It's MCU, but I don't know. So it worried me when that score came out. Um, but sorry to interrupt you, but that goes to my point. You were so into it that even though you didn't know shit about it, you still went and watched it. So, well, that's because the MCU is just an automatic, you know, I don't even care at this point. Like, that's what I'm saying. But the MCU get their money from our casual fans. I'd say more. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to go on a big tangent about Rotten Tomatoes and the review system, but, you know, we were talking about it a minute ago. But it's so easy nowadays to just pull it up on your phone and just be like, oh, 80%. Oh, 50%. Oh, you know what I mean? Like before, you kind of had to search and kind of read a couple different reviews to get a sense of what now you just pull it up and it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, 98%. I'll check that out. Or, you know, so I don't well, know. I, that probably has something to do with it. I still that think argument. that a lot of people, that's why I made that disclaimer at the beginning. I still think that the majority of people don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes works. That that no, is they just not, see a number. They're like, the oh, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 90%. So it's good. It's like, no, they didn't. They just, it's an aggregate. They yeah. compile everybody's score together. Yeah. They don't review it. But anyway, go ahead, Trent. Sorry. All that being said, I know this was supposed to be short, but all that being said, I just had to give some pretense. I loved it. I thought it was an awesome movie. I, I liked it way more than I even thought I was going to. It's Marvel. I knew I was probably going to enjoy it, but it just hit with me, man. It was such an experience. It was so different than it's any a, other it's a light from his mic oh that's kevin feige th- he has a sniper th- aimed right at th- me right there's a red dot right now and everybody and ian was freaking out about it i could see i was kind of taking you one way thinking maybe i wasn't gonna like it and then kevin fired the sniper right at me and i was like but i love it it's a great no, I, <laughs> he hit the warning shot in the background you don't like it because it's normal Trent. did he did he hit nicholas cage right in the forehead <laughs> and it's too dark to tell i don't know <laughs> I was wondering why all of a sudden you went, Nick. No, I, 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 a lot of the things Derek said pretty much echo me. Like it was beautiful. It was emotional. It was just very epic in scope. It was just so different. And I don't understand. And again, I hate going back to the reviews because I really don't give a shit about reviews for the most part, but I really don't understand why this one is being so divisive all of a sudden. I maybe, I maybe have some theories and I guess we could get into it later, but I just don't understand. And I'll tell you what I can't understand is all people complain about is how all Marvel movies are the same. They follow the Marvel formula. They're cut and paste. It's just cookie cutter. We finally get something that is not anywhere, in my opinion, remotely near the Marvel formula. And now it's so divisive all of a sudden. Oh, that just tells me that like people... That. that says nothing like the regular formula. That, that yeah. Out of- that tells me that people really do just want the same stuff over and over, even though they like complaining about it. So that's what I can't understand, but I enjoyed the movie. I really have been waiting to talk with you guys about it all day because I'm kind of like Derek. It's kind of stuck with me. I watched it last night and I've been thinking and reading a lot about it lately. And it's just one of those movies that I feel like is going to grow on you and maybe even age well over time. I hope so. I'm excited to talk about it because there's a lot to talk about. I think. 
Yeah, I uh, right one one last thing about the reviews because I this statistic came out earlier and I think it is incredible and it really shows how powerful the MCU is. At eighty six percent audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, it is the twelfth highest rated or the twelfth lowest. Yeah, the twelfth highest rated movie on like in the MCU. So an eighty six percent is almost in the top ten. Like that's how insanely good the MCU is. That the the you have to get thirteen movies in to a list of twenty six before you get something lower than eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And also their cinema score being a B, that's their lowest rated film in the MCU. So that is a testament to how incredibly consistent this franchise has been like no other franchise in history has been as well received and well loved as the MCU. And I love it. And I love the fact that even though this one is, you know, the Eternals is not one of their biggest titles ever, even though it's probably not going to make as much money as some of the other ones. And even though nobody knows who the Eternals, it, you know, are or were at a time. And even though it's had some divisive critic rating, it's still almost in the top 10 audience rating. So before before we wrap this segment up and get into the spoilers, real quick, going back to one of my points, do you think it's doing so poorly rating wise because it's so different? Because I think that's part of it too. I think it is, and it's. I think that people that went in the the critics wise because the audience eighty six percent that's awesome that's that's a great audience rating and a B score even though it's the worst in the MCU there are a lot of movies that would never be able to get to that it's excellent that's a great score I don't care what anybody says. Um, but I think that with the critics, I think that what happened is I think that some of it was biased. They came in expecting one thing and got something else. And then also, you know what? It's subjective. And maybe they went in expecting to see, you know, a fun MCU movie and it didn't hit with them. And that's that's OK. It can yeah. be like like w- with Ian, you know, the two of us, we both like the movie. I liked the nonlinear storytelling as some some parts of it. He would have liked it more linear. So I think that that's all that it is. I think that people just went in and maybe part of it was a preconceived notion. And other part is just that, you know, all film is, is subjective. And like you said, Trent, they were going to have a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. There are 26 movies in. It's going to yeah. happen eventually. But it's just weird that it was this one, I guess, because I could think of far. And again, I said it earlier. I don't dislike any MCU movie, but if I had to pick one that would have been rotten before this one, I feel like I could come up with a few of them. Like yeah, I, feel I can like come up with one, a couple. From just a f- sheer like filmmaking standpoint and and kind of what they were going for, I really thought people would have ate it up more, but maybe maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. But all right. Well, we're gonna get over. Hopefully, we're not gonna bring up the reviews anymore. They may come back up. It's it's a big topic surrounding this. Yeah, you know, we're it, talking about it. it, it just is important. But we're gonna we're gonna dive into the actual what we saw on screen and try not to talk too much more about what's happening off screen. So again, if you haven't seen the movie, this is your opportunity because we're going to spoil it. There are post-credit scenes, one that wasn't spoiled. Thanks a lot. Douchebags online. I had one of them spoiled for me a couple of weeks ago. Same for me, but they are, uh, you know, there are going to be spoilers from here was on it, out. Was it the first scene? The, the first, first one scene? was, yeah, the first one was spoiled. The day of the premiere got spoiled for me. I knew there was a big like one, right after somehow- Right after you text me, uh, Trent texted Ian and I that day and said, hey, you know, there are already there's already some spoilers for like a post credit scene. There's already spoiler online. Watch out. And I was on 
I don't even know. It was either Facebook or Twitter. One or the other. I was scrolling through doing something and uh, it was just right there in my face. I, was I managed very to avoid frustrated. it somehow. I was proud of myself. Although I, coming out of the movie, I was like, I don't think I would have been as bummed as being spoiled as I thought I would because I thought it was going to be something bigger. But we'll this get is why it. beyond the trailers, I pretty much avoided everything that I could. Wise man. Yeah. And what do you mean something bigger? What do you mean something bigger? Spoilers in three, two, no, 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 no. One. I just mean I, I can I know now why it was a big deal for the reasons of right. who it's not so much, you know. Okay, just just drop the spoiler. Just drop the drop. All right. So spoilers. I don't want to hear anybody complaining that we spoiled it for you. It was spoiled weeks ago. So the first post-credit scene, I was bummed that I found out about it ahead of time. I don't care. They could have told me that that Harry Styles was going to be in the movie. I never would have guessed that they were going to bring Star Fox into the MCU because Star Fox literally got me too'd in the comics. Literally got me like he he actually did. His <laughs> I told Ian that his whole power is basically date rape. He sti- simulates <laughs> stimulates the pleasure sensors in, in somebody's brain and makes them easy to seduce. <laughs> And so I never would have guessed that they would bring him into it. But he is an Eternal. He is Thanos' brother. So I would have been really excited to find out that they were bringing Star Fox in. His name is Star Fox? Yes. Trent, is that why people often refer to you as Star Fox? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. I wish I was Harry Styles, though. But the one thing I will say about that scene that I'm really glad I didn't have spoiled for me is I... You want to okay? So we were talking about Howard the Duck earlier. If if I could have made a list of characters that I never thought would be in the MCU, the top two would have been Howard the Duck and Pip the Troll. <laughs> Pip the what? Troll, voiced by Patton Oswalt. Are you kidding me? Why not Pip? Why would you bring in Pip? <laughs> what a random character to bring in. They're already it's done just with Marvel the flexing Gauntlet. at this point. They're already done with the Infinity Gauntlet. I never thought we'd see him. We didn't see him in Infinity Gauntlet. Adam Warlock hadn't shown up yet. I know he's coming in Guardians 3, but Pip the people, Troll and voiced by Patton Oswalt. I think Thank people love God. Pip more than you think. Because, like, remember when people first found out that Peter Dinklage was going to be in the MCU? Like, everybody thought it was going to be Pip. And well, was <laughs> Well, By everybody, yeah. you mean like you know the couple thousand nerds that know who Pip the Troll is. I'm t- <laughs> but the, there's not that many of us, I promise. Ian, did you know that was Pip? Oh, not to you, said it's Pip the Troll. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> did he at least look familiar to you, though? Nope. Why would he? Have you read? Have, have you read Infinity Gauntlet, Ian? Nope. Yeah, there's no reason for you to for him to know it. But I was just happy about Patton Oswalt. Um, So, yeah, I was bummed out. I I did say that I personally wished it was Thane instead of uh, Eros. Yeah, that would have been cool. But that that's Thane being an inhuman throws everything off that whole thing that they did with the Inhumans, which is a real bummer because I'm going to go off on a rant here. The Inhumans are great characters and they're great set of characters that the MCU had. They had them. They're right there. You had your own group of basically mutants. You could have done anything. And what do you do? You let Ike Perlmutter run the TV division while Kevin Feige runs the film division. And there's this big divide. And then they take the Inhumans, this wonderful team, this wonderful race of beings that I love to my core. Do you like them? And then, no. And then 
all we get is that god awful like mini series that cut off Medusa's hair. I still in the first watchful. episode. And there was going to be a movie before that. There was going show. to be a movie, but the problem is, is that now that screws up so much because you've never introduced the Inhumans. There's not been a mention of them at all. But now we've got Miss Marvel coming, so they've got to work around that instead of being able to just use that to bring Miss Marvel in. They've got to rewrite a whole bunch of Marvel's stuff. Marvel's the king of retcons. They'll figure out a good I know way. they'll figure it out, but it's just a bummer to me that we aren't going to get them mutant. similar. I say we don't have mutants either in X-Men, and they'll have to shimmy them in somehow. I know. But anyway, so yeah, Thane would have been cool. If anybody doesn't know, Thane is Thanos' son. He's an inhuman. Uh, he's got one hand for loving and one hand for killing. And he's awesome. One hand for loving? Yeah, he's got one hand that heals and one hand that kills. He's, hand. he's got one hand for loving, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. But, um, all right, so does anybody else want to say anything about that first post-credit scene? And then we'll kind of, we'll come to that that last, the actual We'll bounce around just like later. the movie. We'll go to the end, we'll go to the yeah, We'll, we'll, come, we'll, go we'll to... come back to what's going on with Dane Whitman later on. But uh, anybody else want to say anything about Star Fox before we move on? Um... What you, uh, let's get some theories, I guess, while we're talking about it. What do you think? Uh, where do you think he's going to lead? Um, Storyline. Thanos's brother. So, yeah, I, I think that that is the tie directly well, to whatever they're going to do in Eternals too. If they do a second Eternals, movie. I have a question also. So, if the Eternals were just created and not actual living beings, how can he be Thanos's brother? Unless Thanos was also just created. I uh, if they follow the comics because in the comic books I I did do I had to do some research on the Eternals because they're not robots we in the comics they're not robots, robots. <laughs> they're not robots at all so I'm guessing if I had to guess because Titan actually was a colony of like a, it was a planet inhabited by Eternals Thanos wasn't Eternal the reason why he looked different is because he had the deviant gene like a recessive gene that made him look that way so he wasn't actually a deviant but he had the deviant gene that's why he looked Punky. And Thena was his cousin, right? Yeah, yeah, cousin. something some, somewhere around there. But either way, um, I'm going to guess that the way they're going to play that off is that was just Arisham not telling the whole truth. Because they had lied to the Eternals throughout centuries. Why would he tell Cersei everything right then? Instead of maybe kind of giving her a half-truth. So I think there's an easy way to write that off is that Arisham wasn't being fully truthful, like giving her the whole truth there. And then okay. they're not necessarily, or maybe they're, they made them robots, but I mean, they're advanced enough that they can reproduce. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I do know that in the comics, they do, they did say that it was um, difficult could for they? the Eternals to reproduce. I was going to say, could they reproduce? They, they could. Icarus had a human they son in the comic. Right. A kid. And she just never could. She just always was like 12, I guess. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that um, I, I think that they'll probably that that mid credit scene was probably just to kind of set up where we're going to see the Eternals again. That they're going to that group is going to be going to try and find where Cersei and Kingo and Sprite went off to. Which I'll be honest, it surprised me for that reason. And at the end, when it said the Eternals will return, dot dot dot, because I'm like thinking like first of all I just kind of I don't know why stupidly but I assumed that this maybe would just be kind of a one-off movie I thought a lot of the Eternals might die in this movie 
Yeah. I even read a quote after it came out from one of the producers saying that a sequel isn't super necessary or, or something. You know, I don't know if I read it right, but I'm thinking, like, oh, OK, well, maybe it's just maybe they're just going to tell the story and be it. But then, like, you know, they leave all these things dangling. They kind of end on a cliffhanger and then the mid credit scene and then the Eternals will return. I was like, well, there's definitely an Eternals 2 coming now for sure. Like, which yeah, excites they, me because. They said there was a uh, a lot more Eternals out there, right? So how many yeah. Eternals are there? Well, on all the worlds, right? Aren't there Eternals? Any any world that had a uh, had a had a egg? celestial <laughs> celestial egg. Which I had so. somebody uh, somebody put this that this movie is just a, about abortion, and I, <laughs> I never that. I didn't I didn't think that while I was watching it, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I mean, face <laughs> abortion. You're not wrong. <laughs> The whole the whole thing was trying to you know kill the baby speaking, celestial. Speaking again though, real quick of Arishan though, I I just gotta say he. Anyone else find him just absolutely terrifying? Like yes. Me, or am I because like I know we've seen celestials before in the MCU, but like I like that f- how fucking enormous he was, which obviously he was going to be, but like I don't know. I told you guys earlier, I was watching it on like a 70 foot screen. I'm in like the front row, and then when he just like <laughs> pops on there, and you see this tiny little speck that's supposed to be. Ajax or whoever was talking to him at the time I'm just like, oh my god so, yeah the yeah, scene where he terrifying. shows up the scene where he shows up to take them at the end of the movie where yeah. you see his in the like, sky in the sky <laughs> oh my god like it made my butthole pucker I was it, yeah. it was a terrifying thought it's kind of like the the scene in Rogue One where you see the Death Star um just out you know just outside of like the planet's orbit that was it, it was like that where it was just imagine also being just like a random person what I said it was also kind of like the scene at the end of Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. Mortal Kombat. We've gone a couple episodes without it now. So <laughs> no, we're talking the original with Shao Kahn being there. And the, but I, I, I don't think that that quite had the same fear factor as a massive, you know, space god, space god just showing up right next to the planet. That is true. Yeah, it was. It <clears throat> shook me a little bit. He was a. He was very terrifying. He was, and I loved the look. I, I thought that the the Celestials looked excellent in this. I was a little concerned when I was watching the trailers and and seeing the little bits and pieces where we were getting to look at them. I thought, oh, they look a little spindly. You know, they don't look as because I'm thinking like John Ramita Senior and Jack Kirby Celestials, like what they looked like in the comics. They were big, bulky things. Think Galactus. You know, this big thing. And I thought, yeah, they look a little bit like transformers to me in the trailers but in the movie i thought they looked great i really did like to the point where i've walked past that Arisham lego set at least 50 times i might have to break down and get that because i thought he looked really cool (laughs) ian torrance you haven't you haven't said much for a little bit what do you think about how the celestials looked you know you don't really see much of them really i thought they're so huge yeah, and they're like I don't really think they showed too many besides they showed a three or four of them because when they were ta- when Arisham was talking about how the galaxies are made, yeah, but that they, was real it quick. Though, a couple. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was quick, but you you they did show a couple of them at least. And then uh, and then when the uh, Tiamat, the one that was in the hand coming out of the ocean, yeah, that was fucking yeah. freaky too. And the it little was. bit of his head, just the corner of his head sticking up out of the ocean. Yeah, so yeah. It just frozen out there. So I didn't mind that. Um I thought the I thought the deviant storyline was kind of lame there for a while. 
Uh, the the villains being deviants. I mean, I was just like, well, okay, how how far into this can I get? Am I, I'm 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 free range, right? I'm spoiler free. I can talk. Yeah, are we moving on to a different topic. Nah, it's kind deviance? of the same. But yeah. before you, okay, before you go into that, I want to ask Ian Wells how he liked the look of it, and then we'll go right back to you with the deviants. So hold that thought. Wells, what do you think about the look of the Celestials? I thought they looked awesome. They were intimidating and everything they were supposed to be. Gets me excited for what the Galactus could possibly look like in MCU in the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So- he is a cloud, sir. He is a cloud <laughs> and a cloud alone. You shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, we saw the best version of Galactus. 15 years ago God, so just calm God, down i remember working so hard trying to figure out like i'm trying to see it in there somewhere but no. yeah right <laughs> is that a hand is there's, that, there's, that, is that you you could you could <laughs> see a shadow as it passed across the moon <laughs> oh good lord all right so yeah we'll we'll move on to the deviants because i feel like this is going to be the weak port like the weak point of the film because the deviants i i, I have a feeling oh, i'm going to agree with a lot of what ian has to say Trent just turned into JB Smoothie. Galactus, is that you? <laughs> um, what I was going to say was I don't mind the character of Icarus. However, <laughs> um, he, he the deviants kind of like had their way with him a few times. And I've got no problem with that, but there were several times that the other Eternals had to show up and kind of bail him out and help him. And and that was cool because it showed them unifying as a team. And then when he was fighting Thena, sorry, I don't want to call her Athena. Drop but the when A. He was, it's Thena. Yeah. When uh when he was fighting Thena, he was kind of like, I know he was holding back because he didn't want to hurt her, but at the same time, like, I mean, I just feel like they could have easily taken him all together. And then at the end, they're like, oh, there's no way we're all matched for Icarus. I was like, really? The guy you guys had to bail out constantly with those fucking water creatures? Like, deviants, excuse me. So, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I thought they hyped him too much toward the end. And I honestly thought that they were all so powerful that, that they could have taken over. Maybe not. Um, I can't remember that dude's name. That, uh, Druid? That can, Druid, yeah. He didn't really bring a lot to the table <laughs> in that fight, but um well, he bashed that 12-year-old with a rock pretty good. That's like <laughs> well, who hasn't? <laughs> so uh yeah, first of all, it looked like he had a brick. I was like, where did he get that brick? And why didn't he why didn't he yell suck brick, kid? <laughs> Missed opportunity. So uh so yeah, man, I I I didn't really like the deviants that much. Uh that that one that was uh the like hybrid that was kind of taken over who Derek and I later found out was voiced Bro. by Bill Skarsgård Pennywise, yeah. the dancing clown. Derek said, is it was Bill Skarsgård that I was like, uh, he had to have been because I didn't see him in the movie and, uh, I'm guessing, but honestly it didn't sound like him. No, it didn't. And yeah, you bring up a good point about Icarus because I, I feel like the villain situation in general, like I said, was probably, the only downfall other than the length of this, like the runtime, the pacing a little bit. Like I said, I thought they yeah. could have cut a few minutes, but the villains, the deviants never felt like a true challenge Brent. for the yeah. I didn't feel the threat level. And then, like you said, when Icarus does his turn, 
It's like, yeah, if, if they're one-on-one, he could probably take them all. Like, I have no doubt that he could beat Thena. He could beat Makari. He could beat them all. You know, he's basically... Did Superman. he want to? He still loved them all. Right. I understand. But he, he made the but whole no, speech. But at the end, he even says, I'll kill every one of you if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. And he yes, made that whole speech, like, even with to. Kingo's help, you're yeah, not going to be able to fight me. But without Kingo, they subdued him. If Kingo would have been there, they probably could have killed him. Yeah. And by the way, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Kingo is the most MCU character in this entire movie. Are you Kumail talking about Nanji- Wong? No, Kumail Nanjiani's just being Kumail Nanjiani, and I loved it. I love Kingo in this. <laughs> um, and what his about his valet? Sort of, his valet <laughs> might be the best character in the movie. He was awesome. I loved uh, him. How many cameras do you have, man? <laughs> Just kept popping up another. He's one. been with me for fifty years. He thought I was a vampire. You remember when you tried to stake me? <laughs> I've apologized. Not nearly enough. <laughs> so I don't know if you're done with the villains talking now, but I had a point I was going to throw out a, a, a topic of discussion, if you will. Go ahead. I'm sure we'll circle back around to complaining about the villains a little bit because that. Well, was here the, we the maybe problem. not. Here we go because here's my here's my take on this, and I think one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I like this movie, there were no villains in this movie. No, there Maybe were no villains we in this movie. Were the villains. I mean, I mean think the... about it. Everyone just had their their moral compass, I guess. Which I guess you could say about any villain. But no one was really like the deviants were put there and created by the Celestials, and then Crow, the leader, which I don't even think he was ever called by name that I know of, but I think his name's Crow uh, or Core. What is it, Crow or Core? Something I, like I don't remember. He like says later that you know he was just trying to protect his own kind and that deviants and eternals are you know two sides of the same coin icarus was just doing what he basically was bred and created for his whole life well he, he was he i'm was not saying what he to, was doing was right but i'm saying no yeah, one was I'm, really but i'm saying like if he's willing to kill all of humanity it's kind of the villain isn't it? but he was doing it so but only for the, more could be created so i mean and saying yeah. yeah but that's like saying thanos wasn't the villain no, because Thanos was Some killing just to kill. <laughs> was he? Was he? Some people don't think Thanos was the villain. But I've I never do heard get that argument. That's another argument for another day. But yeah, I mean, was Thanos a villain too? But I that think was what I was talking about earlier about how the moral discussions. I love the them just having the discussion of what do we do here? You know, do oh, we know. actually do we kill this celestial or do we put this celestial sleep do we choose humanity over the billions or trillions that this celestial will create and i thought that that was really interesting that they took the time and i know that was that's been a common criticism of this that there's not as much action as a lot of characters talking i was more intrigued by the conversations that they were having than i was with any of the action you, scenes even though I love the action in it, the action scenes were great the first one in mesopotamia was a lot of fun but i really really liked just the 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 conversations they were having and the 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 dilemmas the, the dilemma growth. that they brought up and the fact that each of them had an idea and they kind of stuck with what it was that they wanted to do like you said i i don't see icarus as the villain like he was the bad guy but he wasn't the, the antagonist villain. if you will. he was an antagonist of the film um but even Arishan, doing... you could say wasn't really a villain because he's a space god and he's creating billions of planets in life right. i mean i mean I he mean, was he's humans were the fuel to create another celestial yeah it, it was so just it's just really it's like a food chain a lot of layers to it which is i think one of the reasons why i like this movie so much is that it's not 
just straightforward. There's a lot you could peel back and a lot you could discuss. And I think that was one of them that I was thinking about, about how there's really no villains in this movie, but yeah. Ian uh, Wells, what about you? What did, what did you think? Do you think there was an actual villain in the movie? And uh, what'd you think about all the kind of philosophical debate debates going on throughout it? Um, I don't know. I didn't mind the deviants too much. I guess they were kind of the villains in the way that they were after all the Eternals and killing them off. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I only brought it up because I, I've seen some of the same things that you guys were saying where people thought the Deviant storyline was weak, which, you know, it was one of the weaker points, but, like, I don't think it was meant to be anything more than what it was. Like, it was more of a red herring kind of. Like, we wanted to – they wanted us to think the Deviants were these evil things, but really they were just kind of a distraction, really. Yeah, I don't think I really thought about it too much. I was just like, oh, these things are after them. They got to fight them. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. Yeah, but I uh, go ahead, Ian. Isn't that kind of the reason why they turned against uh, what's his name, the Celestial Arisham? Yeah, isn't that the kind of reason they turned against him because they felt like he was villainous because he was killing, taking all these lives? Or yeah, I think I that the that whole point. I think the whole point was that they were they thought humanity was too important to be sacrificed. Right. Um, because in all honesty, I have to agree. Ajax brought up a really good point. Like without humans they would not have been able to fix what thanos did like thanos wiped out half of the universe and people from earth brought them all back so the potential mm-hmm. for for humans is very much worth getting rid of one celestial there are plenty of celestials to build universes and planets they'll be all right, all right. <clears throat> um but one last thing I want to say about just those those debates and the the moral questions they had, um, you know, I mentioned Kingo, which is Kumail Nanjiani's character, and I really liked him in general. And I was sad that he didn't take part in the end that he that he left. But I liked his reasoning for leaving. I liked that they they did they did something really interesting with that whole ensemble there before that final battle of you had Icarus that was staunchly for what he was raised to believe. And that's what he was going to do because that was what's right in his mind. You had Sprite who didn't necessarily necessarily believe the same way, but she cared about this person. So she wanted to support him. You had, um, you know, the others that decided that no humanity is more important. And then Kingo was the one that said, you know what? I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to fight or hurt any of you force what I think is right. So I'm just going to do peace out of the argument. And I thought that that was interesting that throughout that whole group of people, they were able to show multiple different points to the argument and show it so well and how each one of those characters dealt with it. So I, I actually really enjoyed it. Like I said, I really liked the, the discussions we, that they had. Can we segue from that and pivot into the Eternals themselves and discuss yes. how amazing of a job, um, Chloe's is it Zhao or Zhao or Zhao is how I've heard it pronounced the most. How awesome of a job she did of just not only introducing these characters, but giving them all great stories and character growth and and screen time. Like you know, there was ten Eternals in this movie, and I felt like they all shined. And we care. I personally cared about every single one of them, and they all had their awesome moments. And I saw a a good comparison on Twitter 
afterwards was like it would have been if they would have just brought out the avengers movie and didn't right. have the solo movies lead. and that was only six people six characters and so she's able to bring in 10 completely new characters that no one knows anything about and makes you care for all of them and makes them all just have an awesome story i just i thought we could talk about that for a second and discuss our favorites and whatnot yeah and absolutely why don't we stop the runtime but with it being 10 characters, would they have been able to make us care about all of them with it being a shorter runtime? If they would have had a shorter runtime? I think they could That's have. A good question. I think they could have because I think that, like I said, there were a lot of, they they really wanted this movie to breathe. All the scenes had a lot of time in them. And I think that there was a, some pacing issues because of that. Some of the establishing shots may have went on a little too long. I know they were beautiful scenery, but they may have went on a little bit too long. Some of the... Um, some of the scenes like Ian was saying back, you know, and when they were back in Babylon, they maybe could have trimmed that a little bit, but at the same time, like you said, you got a lot of character beats in, in those. So I, I think that there is a possibility that they could have lost some of the character development if they had trimmed it down. But I do think that there was a little bit, they could have cut um, move talking about the Eternals themselves. Why don't we start off? We'll talk who, who, if you had a favorite Ian Torrance, did you have a favorite? Eternal, one of the characters, not the valet. I can't remember his name, but <laughs> honorary eternal. Honorary eternal. <laughs> I don't thinking. know if I, had a, I don't know if I had a favorite per se. Yeah, I like, I like the Molecule. Even Druid. Yeah, I, I didn't mind Druid. I just, <laughs> I just thought like I didn't like him at first, but he grew on me. Unless he, unless he was controlling the minds of humans, like I really didn't think he was that kind of, kind of useful because. Like I don't really feel like he did a whole lot besides no. besides that. Um, I'm trying to think. Like in that first battle, he did something, but I can't remember what it was. It wasn't memorable, apparently. No, I think he just like controlled some. He did, they didn't show him doing a lot in the first battle. I think it was after. You know what I mean? Like the I, like he had them put first the showed up down. and yeah, he did something in that battle, and I, I don't remember what it was. It was very short lived. So, uh, so no, I don't. I don't think I necessarily had a, fa- had a favorite uh, of the group. I'm sorry. I said he ended it. Yeah. <laughs> the battle. Yep. <laughs> Awkward <laughs> silence. <laughs> I don't know why you confused me. <laughs> I wasn't confused. I completely forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> you ended you liked them all Ian's train of thought is what you ended. It doesn't take much. <laughs> You like them all equally, is what you were saying, basically. Yes, <laughs> that was it. Well, Ian Wells, since you're Johnny on the spot with uh, with things to say, there, did you have a favorite character? Athena. She's <clears throat> badass. She was she, man. She, she was. I love her power too. Being able to create those weapons like that. Yeah, that was pretty I awesome. Did but like I told Derek afterwards, I was like annoyed. Like it, the part that annoyed me about her was the. The constant like going in and out of being crazy. Yeah. It did I seem weird that she that was part. the only one affected that. I thought that was a neat story thing as far as like they've had so many memories that their mind breaks under but why was she the only one that had trouble with that? I don't know. Maybe did she I, was the did I miss one. that? But I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I did too. Trent, what about you? Who's your favorite? Man, Thena's a good answer. They're all great in their own way. Kingo was cool. For the first probably two-thirds of the movie, it would have been Sprite, hands down, because I just thought her story was just so freaking sad, and I felt so bad for her. 
And then she kind of did the heel turn a little bit. Not really, but kind of at the end with uh, with Icarus and started talking that bullshit. And then, and then my favorite, I think, was Makari after that because she was freaking awesome. Yeah, I uh, I liked all of them, like Ian was saying. I, I really did. I enjoyed everybody. Um, Jurig, the only reason I brought that up is because I was telling Ian that I, I didn't, I couldn't place his accent. I think he's Irish or It was Welsh. all over the place. <laughs> um, but I had a really hard time understanding. He, he was talking with a mush mouth for a little while there. Then I had a really hard time understanding what he was saying. But I did like the character. Um, and going into this, if you would have asked me, who do you think is going to be your favorite character? I would have said Kingo hands down. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kumail Nanjiani. I like him a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of his acting, his stand-up and everything. And uh, his power set seemed cool, you know, being able to make the little energy balls and shoot them with, like, finger guns. That's always fun. You know, I'm a dad, so finger guns are important. Um, but I think that uh, the one that stood out the most to me and surprised me that he was the one that, looking back, that I enjoyed the most was Fastos. I thought he was awesome. I uh, I really loved his his arc, and I thought that you want to talk about a moment that made you sad. The moment where they're walking through the uh, the aftermath of the atomic bomb, and he's blaming himself because he invented the plow, and from the plow to that, it was all his fault. I thought that was really uh, really sad, and the fact that he moved on, you know, had a family, had a child, and. Uh, uh, and came back and and uh, you know got back into the fight and helped everything out. I just really liked him, and I like Brian Brian Tyree Henry, Henry, Henry <laughs> if I could not stutter through his name. Um, so yeah, Fastos I liked a lot, which um, will probably upset a lot of my more conservative right wing friends and family members because wow. God forbid we yeah. just have, God forbid we let a gay character be in a superhero movie. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That Eric and I were talking about that too. After the not movie. to get political or anything, but the what were there was like two or three countries that it's not even going to show in now because Disney that's what we were talking yeah. about. Wouldn't edit out probably what the one smooch you saw, like seriously, yeah. like that's yeah. probably what they would edit. I, I was talking to this with, with Allie like they were she making didn't get out. to watch it yet. I, I was talking to Allie about it because she didn't get to go watch it with us. We're gonna go watch it next week. And I said, I'm really frustrated that the thing that gets everybody so upset is one kiss between two men. When this is the first MCU movie where there is a full on intimate sex scene on the beach, there's a intimate sex scene. There are people that are getting that. So, so that, so that's okay. Two men giving each other a kiss. It's a man and a woman. Two, two men giving each other a kiss. Goodbye is just too much. And also all the violence throughout this movie. I mean, you see, like Cortez's men slaughtering indigenous people, that's fine. But we've got to protect the children from two loving adults in a consenting relationship. That's they just should have much. had those two fucking in the sand. That's what they should have done. I would have yeah. laughed so hard. I would have laughed on Disney. so hard. Good on Disney for once. It was just a quick little peck too. It was. It was nothing. Making out. And this whole nonsense of and again, not to get too political, but it's just it. It's it, it comes with the territory when you're dealing with stupid people. The The whole idea that 
We're going to lose half our in. listeners, Derek. Watch what you say. The, I, the idea of, well, screw them. I don't. It, it's fun. They're all Derek's family right. anyway. So Listen, I was saying. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put out this announcement. This is my podcast. These are my opinions. If you don't like what I'm about to say, I don't want you listening to my podcast. Screw you. Get out. Damn. The idea that a gay character is going to somehow corrupt the youth of our country is the most outdated, ridiculous concept that has been perpetually put forth in every medium from the dawn of freaking time. Kids don't get corrupted from seeing a man kiss another man. They're not magically going to be gay. They're not going to become childhood delinquents. They're not going to have their minds ruined from seeing a loving relationship. I just thought of the uh, uh, Simpsons. I like boys now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, oh God, it makes, I'm so, I'm trying to keep my cool. I'm really, I'm really upset. This makes me I didn't very, mean to get you fired up there. Pa- I just paper, wanted to. Paperweight entertainment, tackling the tough topics. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's, it's my favorite thing is um, people can't see this, but when we're sitting here, Derek will go, Derek will fix his glasses and he'll go, He'll take a deep breath, and then when his <laughs> hands come up, you know he's about to go on a rant. <laughs> and I just sit back like, <laughs> I can't I, wait. I, I can't with, wait. I talk with my hands. And it he's just, about oh. to get into it. Uh, and I'm, this uh, is me being calm. This is me being calm. But in uh, all honesty, in all sincerity, calm. if you listen to our podcast and you have any problem with a loving relationship between two men being portrayed on the screen... Bye. I, I don't care. Don't listen anymore. Get out. I don't need you. What about Eddie two and, women? I don't, I don't care. What if it's two transgender people? I don't care. If they're adults and they're in a consenting relationship, I don't care what they do. It's not going to bother me. I will let my kids watch this movie. I, I'm not concerned that my sons are all of a sudden going to be gay because they saw two men. You don't think they're going to get a touch of the gay? They might get a touch of the gay. Who knows? Who knows? It'd be all right. Yeah, Derek and I watched this movie, and afterwards I brought that up. I said, you know, there are literally countries banning this movie because of, uh, uh, I think it was during that scene, I said, because of those two. And then I think, like, right after that, they kissed. And then, like, we almost missed part of the movie because we were going on how ridiculous that was. And, like, honestly, like, maybe that has to do with the loan numbers, too, that some of the, the countries are banning this movie? Mm. It's it's possible, but like I was saying, let me see if I can pull that back up while we're talking about it here. Um, those were just the domestic numbers that I was looking at. Let's look at the box office. Worldwide, worldwide right now, it's sitting at uh, $69.1 million. So I think they'll be all right, even losing out on a couple of countries that are backward and yeah, can't deal with them. If, well, we don't need them. We don't need them. But anyway, so going back to my original point, I really liked Fastos. I thought he was a great character. <laughs> I was really, uh, really impressed with him. I loved the scene where he was trying to give the Babylonians the steam engine, and then had to settle for a plow. I thought that was, I thought that was great. I thought that there were a lot of really good character beats, and not to not to crap on my boy Kingo, Kumail Nanjiani killed it in this. His um, his botched documentary on his plane made me made me very happy. That whole scene where. That old scene made me happy. He had Captain America's original shield in that plane, by the way. If you go back and check it out, I, I didn't notice it. It was in the background. 
Good eye. Good eye, Derek. Good eye. I didn't see it. Somebody else pointed it out. I watched the video. So um, lots of things in the water. What? And that said on the plane. So I he don't... Turn like things in the water. Oh, when he was making the documentary. Try again. I, every time he every time he says the quote, it cuts out. I said when he was making a documentary and he's talking to Cersei, and she was like, "Oh, I turned this in the water one time." And oh yeah, every... oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could turn I could turn this in the water, and I could yeah. He's like, uh, why don't you chew on that and we'll come back to you later? <laughs> yeah, it was weird that she couldn't come up with a better description. Her powers are actually pretty cool, but her powers are like, awesome. I could take a rock and do this, I could take a rock and do that. <laughs> she yeah, was I, the, uh, I like her powers. I, I, thought, I thought she had some pretty cool powers. It was, um, as far as characters go, did, did anybody else, and this is this is a, a slight criticism. Did anybody else not care about the storyline between Cersei and Icarus? Like, I didn't, I didn't feel a whole lot of connection to them as a couple. Yeah, because like I thought the the relationship she had with Dane. Yeah, Dane, <laughs> Dane. You don't make fun of Dane. Um, I thought, I thought that was um, careful, Dane. <laughs> careful, Dane, careful. <laughs> I thought I thought that was a a good relationship, and I didn't like like where they were going with the Icarus thing. And here's the thing: did I miss like why they broke up in the first place? He left. Like he just he he left one day. He just left. Yeah. I think did he? Things bring are up, going great. Bye. Did he bring up the fact <laughs> that he was having a hard time lying to her? Like, was that part of it? Trent, did I? Well, I he think you're right. Yeah. The speech, but at the same time, that doesn't really explain much. I mean, you could kind of piece that together. And I get that. Uh, what's her name? Um, some Hayek character. Ajax. Ajax told everybody to split up, but I mean, they still visit each other constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't I understand. But it, for some reason, they just. They. they built that up as like this love story that spanned time, you know, showing them together in all these different yeah, time that's periods. All that's time. I will say, you know, I, I, I'll disagree with you guys a little bit just because I, it did hit with me a little bit. I agree. It wasn't the strongest. It could have been better, but I did feel a little bit like when he finally like broke down at the end when she like ended his plan and he flew off and killed himself. And like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking knowing that. And then just knowing that, you know, they, they loved each other over all these years and he had to kind of go against what she was doing all of a sudden. I don't know. I'm not saying did it was perfect. It could have been better, but. What'd you say, Wells? I said, did he kill himself though? I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Body. And he's so much like Superman anyways, I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't just make him stronger somehow. But he doesn't wear a cape. Right. That whole scene was definitely a Superman scene though when he flew in out of space oh, yeah. and just like looking down at Earth. I was like, damn, he really is Superman. <laughs> And then he yeah, flew he... too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. Poetic. It was poetic. Well, Dane got brought up, so let's talk about old Jon Snow Dane. himself. Dane, For the those most accepting who... boyfriend I think you'll ever meet. Yeah, he, he was... was not faced by anything. No, well, I love that he brought up, he asked if she was a wizard. Like, he, he and he wasn't joking about it. He was, superheroes are completely accepted in this universe. Yeah. And to the point where he's just like, well, I mean, Doctor Strange is a thing, so it's possible. Are you a wizard? I need to know these things. Um, I, I, 
was very surprised that they were going to put the Black Knight into this movie. And I was curious how that was going to happen. And I, I liked what they did with him, that he was only in it at the beginning and only in it at the end. And that it was just hinted at of what he's going to do and what he's going to like, what he's going to become. But I really like Kit Harrington. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's a good actor. I think people, uh, he hasn't done a lot of film roles. He's done more TV, obviously, but I think he's a good actor. And I'm actually really, really excited to see this very weird character get some time to shine. So, uh, anybody want to anybody else enjoy Dane's character? Yes. I, I don't mind Dane, but Kid Harrington, I've, I've never really watched this stuff. I yeah. love Kid Harrington as a big Game of Thrones fan, and Jon Snow is one of my favorite characters. I've never oh, watched, I've never watched, it. I've never you guys need to watch it. Show. I know neither one of us have watched it, and we need to. I've watched um, little clips here and there, but I saw that god off well, Pompeii movie that he did, and it was. Um, well, if you're excited for him as the Black Knight now, you'll really be excited once you've actually watched Game of Thrones because, I mean, he's pretty much the knight in black in that right. show, too. So, um, how did he get the sword? Wasn't it on the ship? He earlier? said his family has a long history, so maybe it was something that was left. No, no, the, the sword on the ship was Excalibur. Sprite she said asked, the ebony blade, though. She said, is that the ebony blade? And Thena said, no, it's Excalibur. Oh. No, it's Excalibur, yeah. I and thought she was said, like, Arthur always did have a crush on you. Well, I thought maybe they were one and the same. I thought she was calling it the ebony blade, and then she just was saying, like, Excalibur, like it's the same thing. I I didn't get Yeah, that. two, two separate bad. swords there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 I can't. I still, I just. I don't know, stammering through this, but I can't believe they're bringing the freaking Black Knight into the MCU. Like, for anybody that doesn't know anything about him, I'm not surprised you don't. He's a really random character that's dealt with the Avengers and apparently Blade. And, um, yeah. And speaking of Blade, because I think we were talking about it before we recorded, right? The uh, little voice at the end you said was confirmed to be Blade by... Director. Yeah, the Chloe Zhao said that it was. Let me see. You guys discuss that post credit scene while I pull that up real quick. I read that today that it was him, but uh, when I was watching it in my theater, there was a couple guys behind me. They're like, "Oh, that was uh, Nick Fury. That was definitely his voice." I was like, hmm, "Maybe it was." You know, there was yeah. people behind me in my theater that said Blade, and I would have not thought of that otherwise because a, I wasn't expecting there to be a mysterious voice. Otherwise, I would have tried to like listen and you know decipher the voice better but it was just so quick i didn't have time to tell who it was but then someone immediately was like hershel ali it's blade like, oh okay probably is that's cool but i was i was pretty much expecting some sort of tease or either an end credit scene or the movie ending with something building towards black knight because i agree with Derek. i didn't expect him to be in it a whole lot in this movie so why do you think they played it like that why do you think they wouldn't have wanted to show us full-on blade yet? because i think that it was supposed to be a surprise that's what we were saying earlier. Like, if you're going to confirm it's him, why not just go ahead and put him in the movie rather than making it kind of ambiguous? All right. Yeah. It was a cool scene, though, either way. Like, I thought it was really neat. The scene was. Oh, I was so excited. I thought we were going to get to see him armor up, even though I knew, like, probably it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. I was still excited for it. So I, I got this quote up here. So Chloe Zhao was talking to Fandom uh, Magazine, I believe. Um and she said, that was the voice of one of my favorite superheroes, Mr. Blade himself. Blade, Blade, Blade. Yeah. Zhao confirmed to fandom. Of course, Blade doesn't physically appear in the Eternals. Was that 
with Zhao adding, you just have to wait for it. I don't know what they're doing with the movie, but Mahershala is a treasure. It's going to be epic. Zhao previously teased the importance of both post-credit scenes, saying, don't just stay for the first credit scene. Also, also stay for the second one, too. They are equally as important in weight and both have big surprises for you. So, yeah, I don't think she was supposed to say that. So he's definitely going to be in Blade then. That pretty much confirms. Or is that all just a marketing stunt? No, it was definitely Marshall Ali because it was like okay. No, I it him. I'm talking about the acting like she's just like saying that and she's not supposed to be saying it. No, I, I think that part of the plan the whole time. Because no. the whole thing, it's I don't know. It just seems weird. Well, I mean, it it eliminates the fun speculation that comes with these scenes by basically because I mean, if you hadn't if known, they, we could yeah. have been talking about who was it. Yeah, if they wanted to keep it, if they wanted it known, they would have showed them. If they wanted it a secret, they would have done what they did because they. it's basically the exact same scene as the end of Iron Man, where you've got yeah. one character and then another character coming in to say something as a quick tag, but they didn't show him. You know, they showed Samuel L. Jackson. So they wanted you to know that was Nick Fury. And so the and fact see, I that think that's why I was quick to accept it when those guys said it behind me in the theater, when I overheard them say that it was Nick Fury's voice, I was like, well, maybe it is. Yeah. Ian and I were talking about it. I was like, well, that definitely, I said, it wasn't Samuel L. Jackson. They, I think they would have shown Samuel L. At this yeah, point. I think so too. He's, he's been in it enough, but yeah. Do you think, um, what was I going to say? Oh, does Blade come out next year? I've already forgotten. Uh, I don't even think they've started production on it yet. Everything's been pushed back so much. I feel like I, it's probably not even next year, but I don't think it has a release date yet, does it? Maybe it doesn't. It probably doesn't, but that makes me sad because I'm excited for for that movie. Yeah, we don't. Especially yeah, there's no piece. there's no release date for it yet. But I mean, if he appeared in this movie, maybe we'll. But well, I was, I was about to say movie. you took the words out of my mouth, Ian, because we kind of talked about this when we were talking about Loki and how. They cast Jonathan Major so early, they must have other plans for him. That makes me think they've already cast and announced Mahershala that even though his movie's down the line still, that they're probably going to pop up in other shows and movies before then. So I don't know what, but I wouldn't be surprised if they popped up in Wasn't a, there a show or something. Rumor a while back about him possibly popping up in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, yeah, there was that rumor. So they could both maybe be in that too. Yeah, I feel like we're going to see a lot of people pop up in that movie probably. I think so too. I think so too. Shit, maybe I'm just pull a curveball and he pops up in Morbius. I hope not though. Man, that would be crazy. I would literally no. pass out He might. I mean, it would. I hope. I hope not. I, I think if Marvel was smart, they'd keep their stuff as separate as they can. Settle down, Sony Basher. There he is. There he is. <laughs> you act like I'm alone in this. No, you're not alone. You're not alone. Although I haven't, you know. Morbius looks decent. I'm going to go Morbius on the record right, right now. And I like the trailer both looked all right. I like both Venom movies. So, you know, yeah. Ian Torrance, you, uh, you haven't gotten to say a lot. He's playing a switch. Leave I got on. nothing to say. I got nothing you to say. twice in one episode, Derek. That's unusual. I what? did what? I said, you said that to him twice in one episode. Now that's unusual. Well, I'm trying to make sure it's been, it's been mostly me and Trent talking back and forth. I'm trying to make sure that you guys at least have a chance to, to speak. I don't want no, to cut I agree you out with of what you guys are saying. I uh, I like the whole uh, uh, marshmallow Ali thing. Being uh, <laughs> Ian was not amused at <laughs> all. Is shaking his head right now. It's a hard name to say. I'm sorry. Ma- I'm just going to come Ma- out and say it. Yeah, Mahershala. 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 Ali is a hard name Mahershala. to say. 
Mahershala. Try saying that with a speech impediment. It sucks. Mahershala Ali. Who? What? Wait, what did you say? Mahershala Ali. Mahershala? See, you're saying it wrong. I am? Yeah. You're saying <laughs> Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. There you go. Mahershala. Still sounds like marshmallow. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> no disrespect to the man. He's an incredible try, actor. Try, yeah, try saying his name while doing the marshmallow challenge. <laughs> Is it Mar- marshmallow? Only Mar- if it's marshmallow cream. Excuse me. What? Marshmallow you heard cream, him. Man. You you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Where like you try to like I say know. stuff, but like you have to put as many put marshmallows, marshmallows in your mouth, mouth yeah. as possible to see who how many marshmallows. Like if Derek and I were doing it. <laughs> whoever whoever has the most marshmallows in their mouth and can still pronounce wins. It you like never heard that? Challenge, sound like a what? A delicious challenge. Right? <laughs> so I've never felt more white than this conversation right Whiter now. than a marshmallow. <laughs> whiter than a marshmallow. <laughs> you know when you're drinking a frappe? And... <laughs> so what were we talking about? Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Uh, I, I like him being Blade, and I, I'm I'm interested to see where they go with it. Now, I I I, uh, I still think they should have they they should have done a Wesley Snipes as Blade. I thought he was a perfect Blade, but um, it's like seventy my, years old. So he could have just popped up in the end credits scene and said, "We bleed the water beads," and everybody would know. <laughs> and nobody would still know what the hell that means to this. But it sounds good. Boy, it sounds good. It does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going. We're going off the rails. I don't even know the point I was trying to make. I think I was just wanted to be included, and I just was talking. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I'll have no idea where I'm going to. Yeah, end it. I, I just... don't know where I'm going with it. I think it's like one of those things, like like you're kind of like zoning out in the class, and the teacher like calls on you. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, Marshmallow uh, Muhammad Ali, he was a really good actor. I, I, the blades. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Why is everybody looking at me? Oh, it's because I don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. We'll bail you out. I have nothing. I got nothing. I was going to bail you out, and I had nothing for you. Yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? Only uh, yeah, you've sucked all of the all of the all the mental power out of the room. It wasn't your fault. It's, it's that recliner. Well. It's the recliner. He's like he's going down farther. He's, <laughs> he's Bet Midler Trent. and Hocus Pocus. Just Trent, save us, man. Do you um, have any other topics? We've we've covered a lot of this movie. I'm kind of surprised. I just. I just really like this movie, man. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot we haven't even scratched the surface on yet, but I'm trying to. I really thought there would be pull more everything back together. Disputes. I I did not expect all four of us I, to enjoy it. I know. I, I said before we recorded. Think... Sorry. I was just going to say I didn't know your all's opinions before we started recording, and I half expected us to be divided just because it seems to be pretty divisive everywhere else, and I thought maybe some of us wouldn't like it, but I'm glad we all do. So it makes me happy. Where do you guys think that uh, they go from here with the Airsham story? Like, do you think they've got something, or like, do you, what do you think they have in mind? Like, what direction they're going to go with it? And are we call him Airsham Trent, or should we call him Clank? <laughs> call him Clank. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say that this cracks wide open the whole cosmic side of the MCU if we didn't already have like Guardians and Captain Marvel. But I think like. 
And do you feel is, like that's going to open the doorway for my boy Galactus? Or? Yes. Yeah, probably. Do you know Absolutely. why? The story... Okay, so the eternal story that they took... <laughs> I know my hands went up again. My hands got love in it. the frame. I'm going to talk. I love it. Uh, it. Earth X is where this storyline came from with the idea that the Celestials are like being birthed from planets. And um, in that storyline, they uh, it's like an alternate universe where Galactus is almost the counter check to the Celestials. So the Celestials all go around and they just plant their Celestial seed, seed. <laughs> plant their you seed in the belly, in the belly of all these planets. And uh, Galactus coming and eating the planets is him Just keeping sucking that, them up like an egg. Yeah, keeping the celestial race in check. He's like Baby Yoda with the eggs. He just yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's absolutely a chance this can bring about Galactus. I think we might see Galactus in whatever follow up they do to the Eternals. We might see Galactus in Guardians Three. Just, just a yeah, hint. I... I don't know. I feel like the MCU, and it's not a bad thing at all. It's actually exciting, but they have so many like dangling story threads now that it's almost like overwhelming because you've got like the whole cosmic side of things. You've got the whole like Secret Avengers, or not Secret Avengers, the uh, Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts or whatever you call it over there. And you've got like um, the multiverse and Kang and all that off to this side. Like there's so many things going on at once. It's kind of like, it's exciting and it's cool, but then at the same time, it's like, well, when are they going to keep picking this up and, and advancing it further kind of thing? So it's like this movie in on a cliffhanger. We mentioned it earlier and, and Ian just basically brought up what we think is going to happen. I just, I don't know, but it's probably going to be a while before we find out. Sadly. Sadly. Um, well, like I said, I, uh, I, I'm kind of at a, at a loss here of like, I, I came into this expecting a dispute. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I got nothing. Do you all think we'll see more Celestials before Fantastic Four? Well, Fantastic Four, I think, is coming, what, 2024? I think so. So it's possible. We got Guardians 3. We got Thor, Love, and Thunder. So we have a couple of cosmic movies coming. The Marvels. The Marvels, yeah. It got pushed back, but it's still before Captain Captain Shoot, before Fantastic Four. So yeah, I think it's a possibility. Hmm. So I think we're all just sleepy, but I do really feel like there's more we could be talking about this movie. There is. Maybe we'll do a part two to this. It was a two and a half hour movie. So it was a two and a half hour movie, but a lot of it was, like I said, what we talked about. There was a lot of philosophical discussions. There was a lot of shots at sunset because all of them are at sunset. Chloe Zhao, man. Chloe Zhao she likes those sunsets. Yeah, she made a, and that was one thing that we were going to talk oh, about is how this I, is this feels very different from other MCU movies because the MCU, while I disagree that they all are the same, they are a bit formulaic. They all have the same tone. They all have the same humor to them, and this is the first one that really doesn't, other than Kumail Nanjiani's character, that doesn't have a lot of levity was, to it. I was thinking that as well, like it, you know, in structure, obviously, but in tone, like, you know, it wasn't overly funny, 
like, yeah, it had a few comedic parts and it had some one-liners, but nothing real quippy like some of the other MCU movies. Not that it was like. a downer by any means. There were some funny moments and it was well, lighthearted at times, but I would argue that it's not a very fun movie in the grand scheme of MCU movies. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I obviously have. You mean like tone wise? Like it's, it's really sad. It's a really heartbreaking, emotional kind of sad movie. Like there's not a whole lot of fun to it. And again, I don't mean that in a bad way because I think it was different and we needed something like that. But like, and I don't even know. I I wondered when I got out, I was like, man, I wonder if this is a rewatchable movie even. Like, I really enjoyed the movie, but do you think it's super rewatchable? Because, I mean, it's not just something you could throw on, like, Avengers no. or something and have, like, it's something like, it's a heavy movie. It's yeah, like, I don't I'll think it's got, it when it's gonna be a while. yeah, I don't think it's got the rewatchability. Like, if, if Allie would have gotten to go see it with me, I probably wouldn't be seeing it again next week. And that doesn't mean I don't want to rewatch it. I do, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff I probably could pick up on with a second viewing, but it's not one that you're just going to throw on a bunch of times and enjoy like some of the other MCU movies. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of weight to it. I thought, but it's good. I mean, that in a good way. It'll probably be something you'll want to watch again right before the sequel comes out. Yeah. I'll definitely want to see it again, but it was, you know, a word that was, that has been used for it a lot is it's dense. It's a dense movie. There's a lot going on in it. There's a lot of very, intense and difficult and thought-provoking absolutely uh you know just material in it in general and so yeah it's uh i I, like i said the more i think about this movie the more i enjoy it it's a thinker it is a thinker which is why i I like like it It makes you think definitely getting us ready for like the darker mcu that we're about to be jumping into i did have one other um topic that i was going to maybe ask you guys since we were struggling to think of something a minute ago. Um, are you all pleased and satisfied with the, the way they worked and folded these characters into the MCU in a way that made sense? Because a lot of the big complaints when this first trailer came out was like, Oh, these Eternals have been here forever and they're just sitting by doing that. Like, you know, and I've said many times that Marvel's the king of retcons and I think they're excellent at going back over stuff and working in new things to make it make sense. Do you guys feel like they succeeded with the eternal story and how it worked into the overall history of the MCU. I, I love the fact excellent. that uh, the character Dane literally like asked that question in the movie and she answered it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, not only did she answer, but it was a major part of their characters. I feel like it was a big struggle for a lot of them to not help out and interfere because they obviously grew to love earth and humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they not do that. I think that they did that really well because it wasn't just that, you know, why didn't they help against Thanos? It went all the way back to them not being allowed to even stop a fight. Like when yeah. Druig stopped that like bar fight, Makari got on to him saying, oh, Ajax says that we're not supposed to interfere in conflict. Which Makari saved that one little kid from getting crushed by the temple. Right. So, you know, here and there they help out when they can. But overall, you know, I thought it was really well done. Personally. Yeah, I think I was- that they did a really good job with it. Ian Torrance, what about you? Do you think they did a good job with kind of explaining how they've been in the MCU without being seen up until this point. Yeah. I mean, like they didn't really like, <laughs> they didn't do anything. They just kind of like hidden out in the open and live normal lives for the most part. Right. Except for Sprite, who was constantly like changing, like shape-shifting. shape-shifter. shape shifting shape shifter. 
Well, I also liked how they made the final battle, the final conflict off in like a very remote part of the like ocean to where no right. one would have really been in, like messed with or or known what was going on too. So I thought that was really clever. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like they kind of had to because where else were you going to hide a celestial being right. coming up out of the air? Right. I know, but it's easily explainable to be like in future movies to be like, why has no one heard of the Eternals? Well, why would they? It, it was out in the middle of the ocean. They they knew there's a weird stone or you know a whatever you want to call it <laughs> celestial frozen celestial out there now but they don't know why or how yeah but i don't know i think i mean this this eternals and deviants and celestials i mean it's all basically the mcu version of god and angels mm-hmm. and demons and so i feel like it's neat how they've kind of just been in the shadows this whole time fighting against each other Reminds me of like Supernatural a little bit or, you know, other stories like that to where they've always been here. It's just no one knows about them. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, that is that all they do is fight deviants? They don't fight anything else? That's what they're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, they just fight deviants and Gilgamesh, fight Gilgamesh makes beer out of corn and spit. But they will <laughs> fight other things, but they have to eventually. Fight some Celestials. Maybe not. They're all trapped right now. And they might not have to fight the Celestials because Arisham said that, you know, they're going to judge humanity and how, you know, God. using their memories. He's There's bad, other Eternals out there. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe the the Black Knight's going to round some of them up, maybe. But I think that's probably what's going to happen with Star Fox and yeah, like Thena and Drew. So I assume he wants to say Cersei. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to get a chance. So he, to. I think he's going to be dealing with. Did he see Arisham reach down and just fucking grab her? Or do you think she just disappeared? Like, I feel like if Arisham was visible to everyone, that would have been a really. He was definitely people vi- up. He was definitely visible to everybody because the people in the park that were with them were like staring and screaming. I thought so, that they were reacting. That's to, why like, Dane the went to get in the thundering and everything. So you think that's why Dane went to go get a sword? He's like, I got to go get my girl back yeah I, I i don't think for a second that they couldn't see god that would be so terrible could you god seriously just think of that just imagine that you think everyone outside. on earth would see him though because he's so huge you think everyone, at least everyone on that side of the earth yeah good lord i see a giant hand coming down mm. gives me chills yeah me too that was that would be so terrifying to see that in the sky but yeah with with dane going to I, I I do think that he was thinking, okay, well, I can do this. I can use this blade and maybe I can help. I also think okay, that I'm a little bit, I also think that he was also thinking that if, if I use this blade, I'll become immortal because that's what the black Knight does. That's what the ebony blade does. One of the things that's why it said death is my reward carved in the inside of the box. Probably why he was also so accepting of all the wild yeah. stuff that Cersei he's got a crazy fa- his family knows... history is crazy yeah it's true oh. oh man um all right well the future looks dark and bright at the same time yeah i i <laughs> I, I, I hate that we're kind of ending this on a well i don't know what else to talk about but it's just there's so much to it you know keep an this eye is... on our keep an eye on our tiktok i guarantee you i'm gonna have things to say about this going forward keep an eye on Twitter as well. Trinal, I'm sure, be posting. I've already some been things. liking and tweeting at people because uh, I'm trying to, you know, see other people's thoughts on Twitter. Uh, 
obviously we all just spent an hour and a half or so talking about how much we like the movie. And if you don't, it's cool, but it would be neat to find out why. Cause again, I'm still a little perplexed as to why this movie's so divisive. I know yeah. we've mentioned it being different, but I don't think it's different in a bad way personally. So I'd love to hear people's thoughts as to why they didn't like it. I would too. But for now, let's, uh, let's give it a, let's give it a score here. So Ian Torrance, you always have to go last. What do you, what do you, what do you think, buddy? You, you start us off. Ooh, you know, I'm actually going to give this one a seven out of 10. That's a good score. Ian Wells. How about you? Sorry, I meant seven point one. I'm sorry. I, I know. I was gonna say that's too even for you. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to jinx it. It's kind of like scaring a cat that you're trying to catch. You. you know. ah! <laughs> like I said, other than uh, maybe the movie could have just been a little bit shorter. I really didn't have any complaints about this movie. I'll give it an eight. Trent, I'm definitely at at an eight, maybe even an eight point five. I thought it was just an awesome movie. I would put it easily in the top half of my MCU movies if I were to ever rank them one day, which I probably won't. Um, and probably my favorite of the uh, Phase 4 movies so far. I mean, there's only two other ones, but I really enjoyed it. There's where I'll have to disagree with you there. Shang-Chi, I thought, was... Um, Shang-Chi absolutely. was awesome. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi awesome. I think, is it's a, no to- knock a top on, tier. It was no knock on Shang-Chi. I, I enjoyed the heck out Shang-Chi of it. Shang-Chi felt I, like whole experience. Well, this so, did too, to me. So for this, like I said, I'll disagree with Trent a little bit there and say that Shang-Chi is definitely my favorite of the phase four movies so far, but I'm, I'm, I'm torn between like a 7.5 and an eight. I'm going to say 7.5 with the caveat that I may be able to change that after I watch it again. It may, it may go up higher right now. It's pretty middle of the road as far as MCU movies, maybe upper middle. Um, but I really did enjoy it just to defend myself for one second. And again, this was no, no need to Shang defend. Chi no need to defend. It was an awesome movie, but Shang-Chi was more fun. <clears throat> it was a fun time. This movie stuck with me. Shang-Chi didn't really stick with me as long afterwards. This one, like I said, had a lot of layers to it. Made me think a lot. It just was just an overall experience. And that's why it's, it's sitting at my favorite right now. So, yeah. Well, let us know what uh, those of you listening, let us know what you thought about it. Tweet at us, you know, reply on Instagram, Facebook, send us an email, write me a letter. You can't have an address to send it to, but write a letter. Maybe I'll get it telepathically. Um, and speaking you of social at the media, post office, it'll make its way to you. Speaking of social media, Trent, do you have our followers handy? By the way, we didn't get to do it last week. I know we only had a few um yeah we didn't get to do it last week and this is our episode for this week so i want to make sure we don't go two full weeks without giving any shout outs but i will say while trent's pulling that up if you're not following us on social media please consider doing so we are on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok um i will hopefully get some of these guys on tiktok eventually the one time that i got them to do it was our most popular video so I'll do Maybe. some Eternals TikToks with you just because I'm sure there's a lot more we'll think about later. That All right. Well, Trent and I now. are going to do some TikTok trends. We're going to dance. We'll do the uh, Bollywood dance that Kingo did. We'll, we'll which, learn it. Which was we amazing. Get, we all have to get costumes and then we can do some TikTok videos. We can <laughs> all King, dress up as Eternals. Kingo's dance was Look amazing. Look at the blue. You like it? I'm you. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. All right. All right, we go don't, ahead. Trey. We don't we don't have very many. Our followers for the last however long. 
Cataclysmic Digital Comics, Tristan Fox. Shout out to him for co-hosting our Dune episode with Ian. They did an awesome job. Go check that out. Eric, the Two Old Pirates podcast, Smash Strike Films, and the Zetos Gang. Or maybe Zetos. I'm not sure. Thank you so much to everybody that's uh, that's following us now. Thank you to everyone who's going to follow us. Again, please do. Also, make sure that you uh, rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot. Um, thank you to everybody who has been supporting us. And uh, keep looking forward to more and more content. Coming up later on this month, we've got Hawkeye debuting. And then, of course, in December, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home. So there's a lot of content coming. And we will, uh, we will keep making it available for you. So for Ian Wells, Ian Torrance, Trent Persinger, I have been Derek Hoskins. And this has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. We will see you next time. Yay!